Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of Wellness in the Workplace. My name is Malim Zinyane, and I am your host. Wellness in the Workplace is a podcast that aims to equip new and experienced professionals with the tools and insights to navigate challenging workplace dynamics. And in today's episode, we are reimagining and rehumanizing the workplace with Dr. Ngao Mutze. Dr. Ngao Mutze is a workplace bullying practitioner. She is a coach. She's a scholar and an all-round thought leader in her field of work. Welcome to Wellness in the Workplace. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Yeah, yeah, thank you for being here today. Thank you for your time. You're I know welcome. you are very busy, so I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. And uh, yeah, like I said, in today's episode, we are really just unpacking some of the work that you, know, you do around workplace bullying. We're unpacking what actually it means to rehumanize the workplace. But before diving, Diving into our topic, can you tell us a bit more about some of the work that you are doing um, in workplace bullying and also how did you start specializing in that area? Yeah, thank you so much and thanks for the opportunity. I never, even if I'm, I may be how busy, but I never give away, give up an opportunity to talk about bullying mm. because it's a very, very important mm. subject. We don't talk about it enough. And um, there is also too much suffering in the workplace, yes. and which essentially is why I do what I do, mm-hmm. um, is rehumanizing what I call my big, hairy, audacious goal, mm-hmm. is to bring back humanity into organizations. Mm-hmm. And, and why and how I started, I got into this, into this, in, into this work is that I was bullied myself mm. and I was not even aware mm. that what was happening at the time was bullying. And, and, um, and, and I mean, I'm an, I'm an African, I'm a storyteller, so yes. most of my yes. answers are going to be in stories. Yes, let's go into it. <laughs> so um, I'm starting at the back end of your, your, your question, yes. how I got into this, uh, into this work. Mm. And then I'll end up with what, how I do that mm. and how I partner with organizations. Mm. So after a particularly bad day, mm. one Friday, I was driving home and I, thanks for Google, I, I, I typed, I got home and I typed something, whatever it is, I typed into my computer and boom, mm. this thing has a name. Mm. It's called what, Workplace, workplace bullying. bullying. It, yeah. And my first reaction was, no, I cannot be bullied mm. because mm. we tend to think of people that are, bull, are bullied as people that are weak, yes. as people that can't yes. you know, to speak for themselves. Mm. Now, nah, I'm many things, but mm. not no. to talk <laughs> for myself is yes. not one of them. Yes. And um, fast forward, um, I actually, my, my attitude in life, and especially in corporate, and corporate South, South Africa can be very tough. Extremely. When things happen, when that happened, my first reaction was, well, what is the lesson here for mm, me? Mm. And the lesson, like anybody, I was young at the time, mm. and with ambitions of climbing the corporate yes, ladder, Yes, yes, yes. The, the lesson for me was, this is not how I want to lead. Mm. This is not how, when I become a leader, I want to lead. Mm. How long ago was this? This if you was, were to put timelines. Oh, some tenth, um, eight, eight, about eight years okay. ago. Okay. Eight okay. years ago. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I got, I got into it. I mm. got in, interested in, and I, at that point, 
um, I made a decision for myself that mm. this is not if if I can help it. Mm. And when I get into that big corner office, this is not how I'm going to. Mm. This is not how I'm going to lead. Mm. Um, and of course, and at that time, I was contemplating doing my PhD. And mm. in fact, I did a whole PhD on workplace, on workplace bullying. bullying. And yes. but I decided. Uh, because I realized in my initial review of the literature that, especially in South Africa, there wasn't a lot of it. Mm. And a lot of it was done within, looked as an interpersonal issue. So I uh, wanted to look at it from an, an organizational, organizational point of view. Yeah. So, yeah. so my, whole, my whole work and research is was around how organizational factors that that make bullying likely mm. and make bullying rife. Mm. So that's, that's the long, <laughs> long story as to how I got into it. Yes. So how, yes. I, how I work and the, the work that I'm doing currently, how I mm. partner with organizations, and typically organizations somehow find me, mm. and it would start with, um, reports in the hotlines, mm. you know, about, you know, anonymous hotlines. There's mm. some bullying and this and that or the other. Mm. So basically how our work is in three main categories. Okay. So there's a big chunk that I dedicate to awareness raising. Gotcha. Because we still do not know... Um, too much about what workplace bullying mm. is and what it is not. Mm. So I run webinars and mm. workshops, uh, one for with staff, mm. employees, mm. and a separate one with leaders. Mm. And with employees is around um, looking into what workplace bullying is mm. and what is not. Mm. Uh, because sometimes we make a decision when, when managers actually manage you as they should. Yeah we tend then to say, oh, they're bullying me. Mm. So I, take, I also touch on things like what is reasonable management yes. actions, okay. which okay. is performance. But my whole thing really is that um, as leaders in organization, you have to manage performance and conduct. Mm. There's a way you can manage conduct. You, mm. I mean, you, you can manage and you should as a manager uh, manage performance, mm. but it's the how. How you do it. How exactly. you do that. So mm. that's the one part. Mm. And the webinars or workshops I do with leaders is is really I speak to leaders about their responsibility mm. and the role they play in either cultivating a bullying culture mm. or a healthy yeah. culture. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last bit, I actually work with um, I coach and work with people that have been accused of bullying, mm. and this is Some this rehabilitation. Is, <laughs> this this often raises um, eyes because you know we tend most of the support and the in, the attention gets um, goes to people that are targets of mm. bullying. Mm. The victims. But my yeah. my reason for working with people that have been accused of of bullying is that. We cannot address, solve the problem if we do not engage and understand mm. and work with our people that have been accused of bullying. Mm. You also notice that I call, I refer to them as people, people that have been accused because my the, my starting point is actually I call them abrasive leaders. Abrasive leaders, okay. 
because abrasive okay. or abrasion is a behavior. Yeah, yeah. And and a behavior you can work with, you can change. Mm. But a bully is mm. an identity. Ah. You when you say somebody is a bully, yeah. that's their identity, and yeah. your identity is your identity. So I make those. Mm. I start by making those. Um, you know, uh, distinctions, nuances, yeah, nuances yeah, and distinctions, yeah. and and I find also that it it helps to be able to um, to have meaningful conversations, conversations yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. because it, mm. you can imagine how mm. difficult it is to also just accept that you yeah. are being labeled as, as a bully, as a bully. Yeah. exactly, exactly, yeah. especially if you're not aware of it, right? Especially yeah. if you're not. That's mm. a very important point that you're mm. raising because. Um, I find that many of of the, the abrasive leaders I work with mm. are not aware mm. about how the impact, mm. how they behave, the mm. way they um, the way they show up, and mm. the way they lead or manage. Mm. They many are not aware, mm. and many um, the first thing is almost like almost always the first mm. reaction is. Mm. I'm not a bully. Mm. I'm just a hard manager. Yeah, I'm yeah. a tough manager. Yeah, yeah. I manage performance. Mm. And I say, well, that's very good. You mm. should. Mm. Uh, but it's in the how you do that. Mm. You can be a tough manager, but not leave people broken. Whew. Oh, okay. I've got so many questions that I just want to follow up on with everything that you've just said. But I think for the purposes of the discussion and just to set a bit more context, um, you said that, you know, when you do consult with organizations, you always make sure you define what is workplace bullying and what it isn't. So for this discussion, do you mind maybe just giving us an overview of what it is and what it isn't? Um, And then we can just follow up um, with the discussion from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, So so the 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 um the there are specific behaviors that um you know whether you look at across the literature across all the research all over the world there are specific key features of bullying mm. and and um in in one of the I have actually read a recent book and 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 is a South African uh, woman I'm, I'm working and collaborating with mm. there are different ways and types of bullying there's mm. corporate bullying for example mm. there's people refer to it as corporate bullying but okay. it means specific things mm. corporate bullying there's institutional bullying okay. there's there's mobbing or group bullying. Yes, workplace mobbing, um, yeah. You know, so so those are the the ways in which uh, bullying is and manifests. So mm. in corporate bullying, essentially is when the top leader himself or herself is a bully. Okay. Um, in other words, the the abrasive mm. the abrasive nature of their leadership, mm. um, the way they get results, mm. um, and and corporate bullying really means that when the the biggest boss, the top boss, behaves in the way that it's demeaning. Mm. Those are some of the behaviors, mm. uh, belittling. Uh, publicly belittling people, mm. shouting, screaming, mm. um, never taking responsibility for uh, blaming, sure. you know, all the time. And sometimes a p- part of the behavior is, 
you know, I I give you targets, but I don't give you the tools Oof, um, the to actually the mm. support that mm. you require. Mm. And the the key feature is consistency. You sure. do that consistently, consistently. Mm. Um, because mm. when that behavior over time, you begin to pick up the the patterns. Mm. You know, this mm. is this is how this thing actually yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, in other in other words, um, in other ways, other ways of bullying is is you can use, for example, internal processes yeah. um, and and systems within organizations. Hmm. Um, for example, I I you know you I give you uh, something to to do which you believe that is unreasonable, mm. and when you come back to me and say, "Bad boss." Um, explain to me how yeah. this might work yeah. um, I'm not clear on mm. this instead of saying explaining I threaten you with insubordination sure. for example yeah. or I threaten you with um, you know legal processes mm, sanctions. Um, and sanctions mm. and, and bringing mm. so this is how some of the examples of what is generally, um, you know, believed to be mm. uh, bullying behavior. Mm. And what what is, is it not? What it is not mm. is when you are not performing yes. and when your manager then says, based on the contract, mm. what we contracted around in mm. terms of um, your 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 milestones, your objectives, mm. and you're not doing, you're mm. not performing mm. with all the support that you have been provided, mm. and then use that as an excuse, hide your non-performance mm. as as you know being Interesting. bullied. Interesting. So those are it's 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 very nuanced mm. sometimes, mm. and there's a fine line. Mm. So, but you can, um, in terms of what it is, what it is not, mm. is there is unreasonableness in okay. in the bullying, mm. and some and also sometimes some of the behavior is really really be belittling, mm. being belittled mm. in front in public, mm. being shouted at being humiliated, in public, in yeah. humiliated, yeah. Yeah. almost like you are. You, you don't have a, a mind, can't mm. you? You're stupid, mm. you know, those kinds of things. Okay, okay. And, I mean, based on the research that you've done and some of your experience, um, why is it so rife in the workplace at an organizational level? Yeah. So there are different reasons why it is rife. Um, mm. I think from part of what I'm hearing from when working with people in organizations and from the research I've, I've done and mm. continue to do is that we still don't speak speak out. Mm. And people that are targets, again, you, language is very important for yes. me. I don't call uh, victims. Uh, victims. I call them targets. <laughs> targets. Okay. Um, okay. targets of bullying. Mm. Um, most don't speak about it mm. because um, if they do, it 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 actually deepens. It mm. escalates. Mm. You know, um, there's a risk of the the abrasive leader, the bully, mm. actually intensifying the mm. bullying. So mm. it becomes even much more mm. unbearable. Sure. The second one is um, what I'm finding is that in instances where the bullying is reported, nothing gets done about it. Mm. This is why these are some of the things that I address when I, when I 
run webinars or workshops and with with leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and and my famous saying is silence is 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 complicit. Sure. You're being complicit. That's if true. if you as leaders, when bullying is reported, you do nothing about it, mm. you are indirectly saying mm. it's okay to mm. do that. Mm. So that's the one mm. um the thing. The other thing is that organizations don't know actually, many don't know what bullying yeah, is yeah, and what, what it is thinking. not. And they yeah. don't know how to deal with it. Mm. Mm-hmm. when um when people report bullying mm-hmm. so many organizations at this point um do not have bullying policies for mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. but i think that might also change a little bit with the passing of the uh code, code of, of good, good practice of, uh, good practice yeah. into yeah. legislation yeah. and yeah. it's a good start it's mm-hmm. not enough mm-hmm. but it's a good start mm-hmm. which means that organizations can then you know, take that as the, as a start mm. to to start to define to look at, for example, having bullying be, uh, policies mm. and behaving, and defining what bullying is and and so on and so forth. And the other, um, the last um, reason why it's rife and it continues to go, at least from a target mm. point of view, I'm finding that for many it's an economic reason. Definitely, I'm scared of yeah. being fired. Yeah. You yeah, know, because my livelihood re- depends on this my job. My livelihood mm. depends on this, mm. and the the economic environment is mm. quite tough mm. now. So if I lose my job, mm. so you you know, basically many people suck it up. Sure, sure. And die internally yeah. and inside. There's a lot mm. of suffering mm. in organizations. Mm. But then, how do we empower you know people who are in such disempowered positions? Because I do think that there's a responsibility at an organizational level that has to be there, that has to be enforced to make sure that you know we create spaces that are safe enough for mm-hmm. targets yeah. of bullying. You know, to be able to engage in open, honest, and transparent ways. Because ultimately, if this is left unaddressed, um, it leads to unproductivity. Mm-hmm. It leads to disengagement, mm-hmm. and ultimately. I guess the profitability of an organization. Yeah. So how do we empower those who are disempowered? Yeah. I I part of what I do, my 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 line, I don't know what you call it. Mm. I I call it the work that I do rehumanizing the workplace one leader at a time. One leader at a time. So yes. so my my whole thing is that if you get it right at the leadership level, mm. then you know you get it right in the organizations because it starts with the leaders. Mm. Um, the behavior they emulate, what they pay attention to, mm. um, ultimately cascades throughout the organization. So one of the things that um, you know to answer your question, what could what can be done mm. is it starts with leaders first mm. and foremost leaders have got to communicate a zero tolerance to bullying mm. you know and and part of it might be this is what behavior mm. we we do not we're not going to accept here mm. and the best the the first thing is to start by um you, you know 
talking about it, aligning it to the culture, mm. because it's all really about the, the culture. culture. Yeah. This is yep. the kind of culture we, this is the kind of environment we we want to create, an environment where everybody is free to speak mm. up, free from bullying, but then start by saying, defining what bullying is, what mm. bullying is not. Mm. And then, of course, the other, um, the, the other thing that organizations could, can do is is develop I spoke up earlier about developing policies yes. uh, developing yes. uh, bullying specific policies mm. which outline the behavior what type of behavior bullying is mm. and be and also outlining the processes and procedures um, to follow to report the bully mm. and then of course the other thing is um, you know for management for leadership to actually, emulate the mm. behavior that they want to see mm. um, in mm. organizations. That's mm. that's the one thing. And actually to take it seriously yeah. when people report it and do something about it, even if it's just going back uh, to people to reporting to say this is where we are and 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 in terms of your your um your reporting and then the other is through um through training exposure mm. at, i usually in some of the work that i do i work about uh bully anti-bullying champions okay identifying anti-bullying champions mm. and and essentially training and i usually work with um those champions um, how to handle bullying mm. and how to handle the reporting and mm. how to engage and and specific the specific things and mm. interventions that um, that um, that I do. But at the individual level, I often also speak about people that suspect being bullied. Mm. To, so it starts with some of the simple things that people can do is actually write down. Mm have an account of what is going yeah, on yeah what happened when mm. and and an Who account a mm. full account of mm. what it is how long it's been going mm. and 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 so mm. so you might just need that yeah so keep record mm. a paper trail of what is happening describing exactly what it is is happening sure sure okay okay um you touched on leadership and the yeah. role that they play in driving uh, organizational culture and in some of your work you have a philosophy called um the leadership shadow yeah so what exactly is that and how does it help in fostering a healthy and bully-free work environment so um i love the the question of leadership shadow so that's mm -hmm. also one of the um the the focus of what I do mm -hmm. when I work with leaders. So my starting point really is that organizations are shadows of leaders. Mm. And that's the good news and mm. the bad news. Mm. The, the good news is if you are aware as a leader that you cast a shadow, then you begin to be intentional about what you do. Sure. The bad news if is if you're not aware mm. um, that the way you behave, the way you lead, casts a shadow, mm. and if it's a bad shadow, a negative shadow, mm. that's the that's the bad news. Mm. So then, what is a leadership shadow? Mm. Um, it it really consists of of four elements, okay. um, components. Um, it's really about 
what a leader says, mm -hmm. how a leader acts, mm -hmm. what a leader prioritizes, mm -hmm. and what a leader measures. Mm -hmm. If those four elements are congruent, mm -hmm. that's your leadership shadow. Mm -hmm. So the point is, the, the point is as leaders, is to be aware of the shadow that you um, that you cast. In other words, simply what it means is what I what I say is it in alignment, congruent with my actions, mm. my behavior as a leader. Mm. Is it co congruent or in alignment with what I prioritize, mm. and is it congruent with our measure? Sure. And so when I when I work with leaders around leadership shadow is essentially the goal is for them to be aware. Yeah, a lot of, of self-awareness. A lot of self-awareness <laughs> yeah, yeah. is is for them to be aware and to actually be also be aware where there is incongruence mm -hmm. between um, the among these elements, mm -hmm. you know, how I act, mm -hmm. how I behave, mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So that is what leadership shadow is. And to give you a practical example, um, um, using mine, yeah. my leadership shadow, yeah. Um, yeah. starting with what I say, mm -hmm. What I say is that work doesn't have to be um, painful. Obviously, there's a whole lot more information because I usually run a whole day yeah, thing yeah. on leadership shadow. So I'm going to try to give Summarize. you snippets <laughs> in, in two minutes. Yeah. So uh, the context and what I say, what I say always is um, work doesn't have to be painful. Mm. Mm. And and how I behave is that I try to emulate always how a leader should behave mm -hmm. um, with people that I work with, mm -hmm. um, with what uh, with my own behavior mm -hmm. is I, I you know it's about leading with care, leading mm -hmm. with compassion, mm -hmm. and even in my being hard because I mean you I think you know I've, me you I've know received me received that hardness <laughs> <laughs> in a different context <laughs> in a different context. <laughs> context yeah, yeah. but there's always consistency and mm. fairness mm. and it's not never even about a person yes. it's about the behavior the and and the principle mm. and the behavior mm. so that's that and what i prioritize what i prioritize is working with leaders that actually have got an interest to create healthy work environments mm. Mm. What I prioritize is never letting go of an opportunity such as this. Mm. The platform, your platform is a very mm. important platform uh, because that's also part of awareness raising. Yes. So yes. Any, any opportunity I get mm. to, uh, to speak about bullying, to speak about the importance of leading with care, um, to speak about... Um, you know, creating healthy um, and respectful environment, mm. I, I always prioritize. Mm. And what I measure um, at the, as the last point is is even my own leadership shadow. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, you know, getting feedback on my own leadership shadow, whether I am living what I'm preaching. Mm. So that's, that's, that's a, in a very 
nutshell mm. what the leadership shadow is but essentially is about at the core of it mm. is what do you stand for as a leader, as a leader. Yeah. yeah and whatever it is that you stand for is what you say your actions, what you prioritize, mm. and what you measure, mm. is it congruent with mm. whatever it is that you stand for? I stand for, you know, for justice in mm. organizations, mm. and I stand for a respectful environment and uh, respect mm. that dignity mm. of of every individual, mm. every employee in mm. the organization, and and that's what I try to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and that's what I try to emulate. And yeah. That's what the leadership shed is okay, about. Okay, okay. Is there room to hold our leaders accountable in organizations? There is. There is room to hold our leaders accountable. Um, we don't do it, mm. and and again for different reasons. Some of the reasons that um uh, that I that I mentioned. But I think we can do that by by creating a feedback culture. Okay. Okay. Um, a culture of feedback where feedback is not just one directional from mm. from the leader from the leaders downwards to the organization mm. um, but where anybody in the organization even the most junior person can mm. can be give feedback mm. uh, to to me as a leader for example mm. and um, but in order to do that to to build that you have to build, um, a culture of feedback because feedback everybody thinks believes that they can give feedback but mm. it's not the easiest thing to mm. do so mm. it's about also empowering and working with people empowering them to be able to to give a, pr- a proper constructive yes. feedback in the moment yeah. that uh, something happens so there is room and yeah. one of the one of the things that kind of came to my mind is cultivating a feedback a culture. Feedback culture, I like that. I really, really like that. And any final thoughts on reimagining and rehumanizing the workplace? Um, I, I think, I think the my final thoughts would be. Uh, taking a different um, a look at, we often talk about an employee value proposition yes. and an organization talk, this is a value proposition mm. and this and that or the other. Mm. So I think the, and, and this is something that uh, COVID has taught us, mm. you know, mm. taking and what I call and some of one of the things that I see is emerging, an employee-centered um, value proposition. Mm. Mm. So what that means is you start with employees. Employees are not hom- homogeneous. Mm. We've not. for the first time for the <laughs> yeah. first time yeah. in centuries mm. we've got so many generations. Mm. How many generations yes, do we yes, have? Yes, different yes. generations yeah. in um in within the workplace. Four generations. Yeah. So understand and their needs are different. Mm. So the 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 emphasis should not be so much as you know, um, how, what and having a uniform way mm. of having the results is understanding what what each employee really needs mm. in order for them to um, to to do what they do need to do. You think that's practical and sustainable? It is. It is practical and mm. sustainable, and it takes again back to leaders. Mm. It 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 requires um, intentional, evolved. Mm. Uh, leadership mm. and and there's a book I read I, th- I think I listened to 
and read um um what's what's his what's his name again uh, it'll it'll come back mm. but the the author adam grant yes, yes adam yes. grant was talking Work about life. he's got a podcast as yes well. yeah. he's got a podcast yeah. so yeah. i really mm. enjoy his podcast mm. and and there was a time and some and i think there was an also an article in the economist where he was making a distinction between the and he said the world of work now mm. needs macro managers not micro managers ah. so for him macro managers who was uh, managers and leaders that have such a deep understanding of uh leading and managing in chaos mm. you know um being able to to look and read the outside world the mm. context and interpret mm. it and create some kind of stability or, or no panic inside mm. of the organization and how you do that is defining what is needed at this point mm. what is um what is what is uh, important in terms of driving whatever the 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 objectives of the organization mm. and clarifying and getting out of the way mm. and let people do the work mm. not telling people how oh, they yeah. should do it yeah. which is what micromanagers do mm. they're always you know looking over your shoulders mm. no you're not doing it right this is mm. how you should do it anything else no is is not the right way mm. okay okay you've actually just answered um the first bonus question that i was going to ask you just in the next segment of the podcast um it was about you know what book what video or podcast or even article that you've read yeah. or listened to recently that has shifted your perspective about work yeah and i think that might be it unless if you have another one yes i, I think um what comes to mind is the the book uh, think again think again okay Did you, by, uh, uh, by adam grant okay okay um so essentially what is, i i really love that book mm. i mean it was an unputdownable for yeah, me um, yeah. and essentially what he, what he's speaking is he speaks a, there's a lot of messages a lot of insights and wisdom in there but mm. At the heart of it um, is rethinking the ability not just to think but to rethink. Rethink, mm. and it it connects to the the uh, you know the adage of in order f for us to learn mm. we have to unlearn mm. some of the things that that have um, have put us here. Mm. Because in order, you know, what put you here today is not what's going to lead you yeah. to there to tomorrow. The next step, yeah. So, yeah. so in there, he think he talks about rethinking. The mm. ability to rethink mm. is a necessity and also an important mindset mm. for leaders um, and everybody mm. in in organizations. Today. Think again by Adam Grant. Okay, yeah. I've noted yeah. that. All yeah. right. And um, what does wellness in the workplace look like for you? Yeah. So so wellness is holistic. We tend to when we look with we talk about wellness, mm. we 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 kind of uh narrow it down to to health, mm. to wellness, to mental work wellness, life balance. work life balance. Mm. Um and that is also part of it. Mm. Um but for me it's it's simply about a psychological contract between the employer and employees mm. and making it explicit mm. 
because the thing about a psychological contract mm. more often than not is 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 implicit mm. you know you think if i do this then my employer this or mm. the other so the starting point for me um wellness is making a psychological contract um uh, explicit mm. uh, between the employer and the um and the employee mm-hmm. and and it includes almost all every all the things that we spoke about mm-hmm. but also within relevance there is relevance i'm big on context yeah we're living yeah. in a different world now mm-hmm. and context we've just come out we're not actually completely out of the economic woes of 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 the pandemic for example so part of the responsibility of employers from a wellness point of view is financial wellness yeah a lot of people yeah. are in debt particularly um you know junior people mm. people much lower in the ranks within people are struggling mm. uh, are living from paycheck to mm. paycheck so mm. part of it um, the wellness should ought to include financial wellness mm. Um, mm. what it looks like and and we have co-create and and the solutions mm. with employees mm. um and and I mean one of the things I like and I almost I always talk about this and I don't know what the employee what the um, employer's role might be um but it's sleep yes. <laughs> Please just sleep, <laughs> rest. rest. <laughs> I find yes. that people sleep yes. less and yeah. less yeah. Yeah. now. And so yeah. employees, it's a part of the own wellness yeah. is just resting, resting. and sleep. Mm. And, I, and I think the, the role of the employer mm. is not to pile up employees mm. with way too much work where you, you know, people carry work mm. um, home especially now the in the working from home where the the boundaries are blurred mm. so so my 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 approach or looking at wellness is more holistic yeah, yeah. um financial yeah, uh, mental wellness mm. sleeping mm. resting mm. and and just taking care of yourself mm. and and doing nothing i'm yeah. big on doing nothing doing on making <laughs> making yeah. an appointment with myself to do yeah. nothing yeah yeah okay i like that i like that and any parting words uh you would tell your younger self about being a professional in corporate South Africa? Um, three things come to mind um, that, you know, profit, younger me in corporate, mm. you may be how smart and be how educated, but you know what? Uh, the system is bigger than you. Sure. That's very you, humbling. Yeah. <laughs> you may have the best idea mm. at the moment and that's the, the right one. Mm. But it's all about timing. Mm. You can, you can, you can, timing and delivery. Mm. Um, so there's something I learned. There's a, there's a, I, I learned, I love distinctions. I okay. think that's part of being a coach. <laughs> The, the difference between compromising and suboptimize. So I'll okay. tell my my younger self to actually suboptimize more. What does that mean? So suboptimizing um, tied to the 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 point I made about 
timing. Mm. You may have the the best idea, but mm. it, it might just not the the time might not just be right. So mm. after compromising is when ah uh, okay uh, you know because you're pressured. Mm. Sub optimizing means. You know, but it requires a lot of self-awareness. Definitely. Uh, the ability to mm. read the room mm. very quickly and mm. say, hey, this is not the right time mm. and pull back. Mm. So sub-optimizing is pulling back for mm. the good of the whole. Mm. Because you know that if I'm going to say it now, mm. um, it's just going to it's just going to be chaotic. Mm. And and I've been in situations where That's in the past. emotional intelligence. Yeah, yeah. that it really yeah. is emotional yeah. intelligence. Yeah. Where and unfortunately, some of those things is experience that 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 is the, the yeah teacher. that's the teacher yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. there are times when I'm like no I'm going in and I've got <laughs> they it have in to the hear end. me <laughs> they have to hear me now and, yeah, yeah, and is yeah. it ended up in tears yeah, okay. <laughs> it didn't end up well <laughs> yeah and later yeah. on I learned um, okay um, to sub optimize mm. um, hold back mm. to say hey. This mm. is not the right time. Mm. And it doesn't mean you're suppressing your voice. It's not so yeah. it does not mean you're suppressing. Yeah. And next time when the timing is right mm. and you say it, it lands mm. on fertile soil. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. And and I suppose the last thing is that I would say to my younger self before I became wiser, mm-hmm. um, you know, I said, I don't do politics, <laughs> organizational <laughs> politics. Well, yeah. you know, you uh, there's a whole, the it's, <laughs> if you don't, as they say, I've got a friend, even Postman, um, usually says, if you don't do politics, politics will do you. Oof. But it's more around to what extent mm. if it's not just about the self mm. it's similar to the the concept of sub-optimizing mm. so when you do engage do play organizational mm. politics mm. um you know it's to what end mm. is it about you know moving us forward moving this mm. and what is it founded on mm. not doing politics for the sake of you know, me, 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 mm. um, all about me kind yeah. of thing. So those are the kinds of things that looking back. Okay, okay. Mm. Definitely noteworthy lessons for myself as well, <laughs> especially the point about sub-optimizing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for sharing your insights, your knowledge, your expertise. Um, really appreciate your presence today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank awesome. you so much awesome. for having me. I really appreciate this. Awesome. And yeah. thank you so much for watching or listening if you are listening via Apple Podcast, Spotify or Anchor FM. You can also find the podcast on YouTube uh, at Wellness in the Workplace and also on Instagram at Wellness in the Workplace underscore. My name is Mbalim Ziyane. Thank you so much. See you on the next episode. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fende Media. Fende Media builds podcasts from the ground up to tell your story. By partnering with individuals and business alike, Fende Media brings you communication to life through podcast services.